If you or a loved one need mental health assistance or are experiencing a mental health crisis, call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of FYI All Things Mental Wellness. Our guest this week is a guy who's very well known in his local community. He's a father, a husband and a strong advocate for mental health, in particular men's mental health. He has a strong connection to the local Lovins and Murray Football and Netball League where he played over 300 club games for the mighty Myrtleford Saints. When I approached him about coming on and speaking to us to help raise awareness, he didn't hesitate, which just shows the quality of the man. Scott Burgess, welcome to FYI. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nadia. Thanks, Byrne. Uh, Yeah, great to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you've come along today. We're yep. sort of keeping it in the family a little bit. Yes, here too. I heard. I listened to Lindy's yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah, and I was. It was a great podcast. Absolutely, yeah. and and I guess you know the Burgess name is very well known in the wellness areas. Are all very well known sports people, fitness people, and get out there and and do. And as I referred to Lindy, she's the um, walk the talk woman. She is. She's she uh, does. unbelievable what yeah. she does. So, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, how the family's all fitness-orientated, sports-orientated. Is that something that was instilled from when you were kids? Or oh, did you learn that? Yeah, definitely. Like, growing up, I've thought a lot about this. Like, growing up, it was always just sport activity on the farm. Like, we, we had a great childhood. I was thinking about it this morning. I can never remember being anything but happy like growing up mm. like, and that's a testament to mum and dad and I know Lindy spoke about that as well but like we, we had an amazing childhood it was competitive yep. yes. don't get me wrong it was competitive <laughs> with anything we did but um, it would be. yeah it was just uh, we grew up on a tobacco farm in Myrtleford and uh, sport and outdoor activity was just was everything mum and dad were heavily involved with the footy club especially dad I, I can just remember growing up at the footy club like dad was, dad played till he was almost 40 and I can remember going across, like we would go to training, Terry and I, you know, nearly or every night of training and uh, upstairs after the games and all that sort of stuff. Like it was just a, a great uh, family environment, I suppose, to be around. And yeah, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. A, when you say your dad played nearly till 40, when was your last game? Oh, How old were you? Yeah, no, probably a couple of years ago. So <laughs> I did fill in. No, yeah, I, I was fortunate enough, like... Physically, I'm still, you know, fairly active and, yeah, no, I played played senior footy right up until I was 40, I think, and then kept going. Uh, we went over to Echuca, Moama, and I played over there until I was in my mid-40s. And then when I come back to Myrtleford, I filled in a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, so I was... That's Yeah, yeah. Isn't it interesting how we go, and we look back on our childhood a fair bit, and we go, I don't recall ever being unhappy. Nah. You know, yeah, okay, there were challenging times and we're kids and we want things that we may not have got. But mm. overall, as an adult, when you look back again, well, I don't think I had an unhappy childhood, whatever. I mean, no. I just think it was just the best fun yeah. going around all the time, you know. It was a 
we we didn't we didn't have much, but we didn't want for much. Precisely. Like yeah. we had ourselves, and we had our siblings, and we had our friends. Our place was always the go-to house, like of all the friends. So we were spaced over seven years from Terry down to Karen, and but our house just seemed to be the place where everyone wanted to go. And like mum and dad were fairly relaxed with that. There was kids coming and going everywhere, and it was just it was just a happy, good environment, environment. to be, to be yeah. brought up with. I don't think Lindy mentioned it the other day, like. Dad was a hard taskmaster. Like if you did something wrong that he thought was out of line, you knew about it. And yeah, but on the same token, we, it was always a family environment. So yeah, no, it's, I agree with you, Bern. It was like kids of today, the, the pressures I feel that they're under with social media and the like, like we never had any of that. Like we, we, we were very fortunate that we, we had less, but we had more really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I couldn't agree more. The the pressures that the kids face now, opposed to what we grew up with, is is yeah, it's mind blowing. And and we've all got kids here, so I think yeah. we're all sort of qualified, yeah, yeah. And, and we've been kids. Liking it a bit too, yeah. nuts. That as as a kid, you've got no issues, no hassles, no no uh, no need to be bothered by anything. You've got no responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Your life is just get up and go, go, go. And then you get to be an adult and those responsibilities start to come in and they weigh on you and you've got other things that you've got to do and lots more pressure comes in from different angles around the place. The kids that we're talking about now have those pressures and everything now, not as adults. So that's got to be massively mm. difficult for them yeah, to try at to at a young age yeah. to try and, yeah... Yeah, tackle all those things. You're right. Absolutely right. And th- obviously that's what I think to a huge degree, mate, is is what bothers a lot of our younger generation as to where they know where they're going to go and how do they make their own way whilst trying to be happy in the same process. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Definitely. There's a lot of pressure on the kids. There today. is. Yeah. There is. Absolutely. You know, talking about mental wellness, because obviously you're here to to try and spread the word and hopefully give some tips and tricks of things that may have worked for you and things that may not have worked for you. What do you think's a common myth about mental health these days? I, I know certainly we've gotten better, yep. but do you think there's something out there that's still a common myth or a misconception about mental health? Yeah, I... I I can only relate it to my experiences and, um, like I'm not, I'm not qualified in any way. All I can talk about is what I've been through. And, um, I know looking back now, like I, I had no idea of mental health or depression or anxiety. I actually thought if someone was depressed, they were weak. Yep. And that, that is the honest truth. And so when I started to, it was about 2005 for me, Mm -hmm. um, my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Take your time, mate. Um, and at the time, um, I didn't really grieve. Mm-hmm. I went into like well, what I felt like was like protection mode for my, my sure. siblings, family. Sure. And I did was probably a little bit down the track that I didn't realize what a big influence dad was. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it was about six months after that, like, you know, you start not feeling right and, um, you know, you, you start to get, you know, well, I, I started to get a physical feeling in my stomach, a, a, a sick feeling, and it started to become like, like Groundhog Day. Every day you'd wake up and it was the same thing. But because 
of how I thought about depression, like you had to be weak to suffer from depression. I'm thinking to myself, I'm weak. You know, I can't have this. Like it was, I, I was fighting against myself. Mm. Didn't, I didn't reach out to anyone. That was, that was probably the biggest thing that I didn't do. I didn't talk. And this, I'm talking, this went on for a couple of years. Then I was, well, I saw I was working in a job that I didn't really like and things just spiraled down and out. Like, and I just felt like I had no one to talk to. Like I had me wife, I had Matt there, but I felt like I'd failed. Mm. That must be so hard, Scott. And I, I want to just jump in there too, because you come from that old way of thinking where depression is weak. And look, I, I've, I've certainly, I'm on that cusp of that generational thing. And I, I don't know, we've had these discussions with, you know, Scotty Cummins as well. That's him. He put his hand up and said, I used to think blokes were weak. It was crap. You know, I'd roll my eyes. So they were your beliefs. And now yeah. all of a sudden you've been struck down with this grief of losing your father, feeling these feelings of, of what some may call depression. And you're starting to fight this battle internally. Like, that's not enough. Yeah. So, bloody hell, that's huge. Yeah, look, um, it, it got to a point, like, I, I just didn't know what to do. Like, I, I felt like I couldn't ring anyone. Yep. Um, uh, like, a lot of our, especially for the male macho, like, our ego is attached to, you know, what we do, what we got, and, you know, who mm -hmm. we are. Then all of a sudden that gets taken, or it feels like it's taken from you, you you've you feel like you've, you've failed, you failed your family, you failed, you know, you, you, you don't feel right. I can remember the day that it got probably to the worst where I was sitting down the Murray River. I'd driven down the Murray River, I had my mobile phone in my hand and I just felt like I couldn't ring anyone. I started to dial and then I just stopped and I was, I was crying uncontrollably. Anyway, I just thought, no, nah, that's it. So I went home that night and I, finally said something to that. I just said, I'm not right and I need help. And when you did that, mate, was that a bit of a weight that, that took away? When Absolutely. You, when you were able to say those words? If, if I could um, say one thing to the listeners, like, you need to talk. Like, that is a big thing. Because you've gone from having the spark of life yeah. that, that people talk about yep. to that dimming after the loss of your dad. And I've been there when my dad passed away and, and those, those feelings and they're different for everybody. I yep. understand that those feelings that wash over you and that you've got, you know, whether it be you're missing that person or you, you know, you, the time that you didn't have or, or all of those thoughts that, that, that go through your head, that little spark of life that you've had, and you don't, you don't know that it's going, it just gently and gently, gently dims away. And then one day you wake up and you go, I just can't find it. Yeah. And I forgot that I haven't had it for a month. Yep. But I just, I don't know where it is and I don't know how to find it again. And, and you're right to, to get to that place where you know you've got plenty of mates and yeah. you know you've got a heap of family and you know you've got all of those things. But who? Yeah. Who do I dial? Who, who, do, I, who do I talk to? And resources to too there, Bernie, you know, because not everybody has... A, a loving and supporting family yep. base. Let's be let's be honest. Not everybody has that. Not everyone has you know a truckload of mates that they can call. So we you know there's services too. Yeah, I I, I did have those things, but I felt like yes. I couldn't ring. I know. So what what we did is we went straight to the doctor the next day, 
and yep. saw the GP and straight away went on to a mental health program, went on to medication. And like you said, Bernie, the weight was just halved. Like it's just lifted off you. And all of a sudden you can see a light. And then, and then just slowly from there, it just, you know, I've worked very, very hard on it. And like now, now today, like I'm, I'm great. I, I do get emotional when I talk about the past. That's a but I also get, I also get a kick out of what I'm doing now. And uh, like that, you talk about the spark of life, like I've, it's there. Like I love it. So it, it was a journey to go through. And like there's certain things I do every day to make sure that I'm on the best possible position that I can be. And Can you tell us what some of those things are? Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I've probably I've I've discussed this with a few people, uh, but not not in detail. So I'm happy to do it today. Oh, thank you. We feel honoured. I just I just feel if like we spoke before, if there's one little snippet that someone can take out of what yep. I, what I do, because I, I'll guarantee you there'll be there'll be blokes out there aged between forty and sixty that you know might listen to this and they'll say yeah. I've been there where Scott's been, and shit, I didn't realise if I did this, that's going to help me. I, so, can I, that's to me, that's the most powerful thing you've said. Is that there's guys out there who have been through exactly what you and I have both been through, yep. and not done a damn thing to help themselves. Yep. They've battled and battled and chipped and chipped, and some have lost that fight. Yep. But those that have chipped and worked away at it themselves, they'll have worked out their own ways of doing things and can't necessarily pinpoint or share that with somebody else um, where we can in this forum, which is fantastic. That to me is, is huge, is the fact that you've, you've identified the fact that there's others out there who didn't have an amazing partner at yep. the time to, that they could lean on and who could instantly trigger off and go, right, now we need to do this, 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 and this, because this is super important. Yep. You know, the realisation that your wife and you both had at the same time must have been quite profound to look back on yeah. afterwards, I think. Yeah. You know, that to me, that's that's another huge point is that, and I know we don't all have a spouse that we can lean on uh, at times, but for those close people in your life that you think I need to share that with, yep. if they're switched on enough at the time to be able to support, no judgment because they're the people you've gone to because you know they won't judge you. Yep. But you know what? At the time when you were in a, in, let's call it a dark place, yeah. I'm guessing that even when you thought about talking to your wife, you would have went, oh, I don't think I can share that with her. That's too much to put on her. I, I can't do that. Yeah, 100%. Because as, as dads, we and our fathers especially have put that, not put that on us, have taught us a way of life yeah. that, we, that we walked. We walked the same walk that they did. And they didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. So that's what they taught us by, by example. And so when we want to, when we're deep into that, we don't know who to turn to. We don't know who to talk to, and you don't want to put that load onto everybody else because you're the man. You've been taught to be the man. You're the one that everyone leans on. Yep. You know, when we all know it's the women of the world that we lean on, um, but the but that's what we're taught as men. Yeah. And to to share that with another man, you just didn't do that. You yeah. Know? And that's not because you thought you were necessarily terribly weak at the time. You just didn't. Yep. talk to anybody else yep. so for you to be able to turn to your to your wife and and explain that to her and that's a massive step of courage on your behalf in the first instance yeah looking back I suppose it was and like I said before as soon as it was shared it was halved and she was there like not like you said non-judge metal and we just knew we had to get the help it's it, it can be hard for the spouse or the other person if they don't understand like the position you're in but as long as they're there to listen 
and like you say, no judgment and just to help. Like it soon went from a dark spot to then seeing light and like today is as bright as And it as is ever. quick, isn't it, mate? It, it when, can be. When you've shared that yep. experience, it, yeah. the, that, the spark yep. can come back relatively quickly. Yep. You do have to work on it. You're right. And I feel for, for the partners or the yeah. spouse that in that situation because they know you're going downhill. They can see it every day. They they wake up and they try their very best to pick you up and, you know, fluff you up and get you out into the yeah, world. Yeah. And they don't want to tell you that you're struggling because you haven't admitted that to yourself. Yeah. So in 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 applause, if you like, of, of what, what you both went through together, on her side of things, and I don't know from Barra's side, but on her side of things, she must have been walking that walk with you every single day, watching you beat yourself up. Yeah. Yeah, no, she she that's been fantastic. So we we do talk about it at home, and we look. You you have to. You um, do, and it's it's. I outwardly uh, talk now compared to what I used to be like, and I'm not afraid to tell someone I love them or show an emotion. And I think I think that's a big thing. Mm. In you hear that a lot, though. You you hear that a hell of a lot. You know, people will will self confess that. Hitting rock bottom, whether it's with depression, whether it's with anxiety, that they, they, they come out a better person. There's absolutely no doubt. I, I I believe in all my heart that I'm a better person now than I was before. So it's an interesting thing too when and and women notoriously are seen as being able to cry relatively easily, and men are not. Mm. And and sitting here watching you and I and I I feel the emotion. Um, when we're talking together, when a man does finally let that emotion out, and if that's crying that makes that happen, tell me if I'm wrong, but afterwards you feel this almost euphoric mm. uh, calmness that comes yeah. after you've had a decent cry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we don't do it enough. No, we don't do it enough. As males, again, the male macho thing, we, we want to lock everything in. And no, you're right. As soon as, as soon as you express how you feel, whether that's through crying or whatever uh, way, uh, you do feel better. There's no mm. doubt about it. Mm. And sometimes it's not to have a, you know, sit down and have a cry because that's not everybody. I get that. But maybe it's go for a run yeah. and expend that energy or, you know, kayak up the river or, 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 or what it, you, know, you jump in the river. Yeah. 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 Tell us a bit about that, Scott. Yeah, look, um, I, I work very hard to keep on a, what I would say, a level playing field and to – like life's great, so I want to be the best version of what I can be. So for that, my my day starts early. Like I I don't really talk about this, but my I I get up between four thirty and five o'clock every day, and I do I do what they I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy Wim Hof. He's a Polish guy, and it's based around uh, deep breathing, almost into a meditative state, and cold water exposure. And it's for, for listeners out there, you need to do yourself a favor and just go have a look. And the, the benefits of, so I'll, I'll get up in the morning, I'll have a drink of water and I'll lay down on the couch and I'll do three, up to three to five rounds of deep breathing. So it's a conservative 30 deep breaths in and uh, you relax. And then you do, then you do a breath hold after your 30 breaths and you squeeze the the air oxygen into your brain and then you relax and you do three to five rounds of that and it puts you in a such a relaxed state. It, it is unbelievable. And he, he believes that 
you can um, influence your own immune system. So it is an amazing, amazing um, method, I suppose you would call it. And he combines that with jumping in cold water. He like he is in Poland, so they've got freezing cold water over there. So for the last, I started jumping in the cold river. Uh, probably about four years ago, and, and I didn't know about this Wim Hof method then. And then I just started to feel fantastic. You get out of the cold water. Like, people think I'm crazy, but I think you're crazy if you're not doing it. Anyway, so I just I Googled the benefits of jumping in cold water, and then this Wim Hof started coming up, and there's stuff everywhere on YouTube about this guy, and he's, there's an app that you can download that you can do all this stuff. So, yeah, like I said, the day starts early with that, and then I'll do three to five rounds of the deep breathing, and then I'll um, listen to, uh, like, positive affirmations. So I'll lay on the couch for another 10 minutes, and I, Jason Stevenson, a guy on YouTube, is an Australian guy. He does all these uh, positive affirmations and help you to sleep and all that. So I'll listen to that, and then, then I'll journal. I'll journal nearly every day. I bought my journal book in here. That's one thick journal. That's that's this year. So I just it's a good way for me to reference how I'm travelling. So every day I'll journal uh, positive things. So whilst I'm doing this, I've got my headphones on and I'm listening to it's just something that goes into your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So whilst I've got that playing, I journal every day. And one of the things that I, I journal is uh, how I slept the night before. So I've got four years of recorded uh, information of how I sleep. So if you look back, I can soon see a pattern. If I'm if I'm starting to get a little bit anxious or stressed at work because of the workload, I'll know that I'm not sleeping well. So I've recorded that, you know, I might have woke up at two o'clock in the morning thinking about work, so I've only had four hours sleep. So I've worked out now, my sweet spot is if I can get six hours sleep, I'm good. And through this deep breathing that I do, I find that I... I need less sleep. It gives me mm. more energy. So I I journal uh, certain sayings every day and through repetition it goes into your subconscious mind. Mm. So some of the things that, that I journal is I, I choose to live in a beautiful state. So like we – I don't watch as much news as I used to because there's, there's always bad news on the mm. news. So I try and limit that. But what I try and do is overload my mind with positive stuff. So I also write, I'm defined by a vision of the future. So is or if you're putting positive stuff in, then that's what's got to come out. And this is a big one for me because I'm a very disciplined person. Discipline and structure will set you free. So for me, it was a matter of stacking good stuff on top of good stuff to make sure that I was in the best possible state that I could be in. And that's mm, from... I like that. Yeah, that's from getting up early. That is a discipline. Like during the week, I got up at four o'clock and I was, I was tired. I started to do my breathing and I, f- I feel great. Right? So although I've made a conscious decision that... This is one thing my dad used to say to me, every hour of sleep before 12 is worth two after. So I try and make a habit of getting three hours sleep before 12 o'clock. So 8.30, I'm looking at the clock, I'm going to bed, I don't touch, I try not to touch my phone or anything electronic an hour before you go to bed. You've got to wind down. Like you, you see people though, and I was one, I, I didn't go to bed until 11.30, 12 because I was worried about that I couldn't sleep. But now I've gone the other way. You you get up out of bed at four or five o'clock in the morning for a week, you'll be wanting to go to bed at mm. night. So you've got to try and reverse that pattern. So I deliberately go to bed early um, so I can get up early. Like So I substitute an hour of watching 
some dumb show on TV at night to giving myself that time in the morning. Mm. And one of the one of the my motto for myself now is give time to yourself for yourself. You know, rather than watching that TV that hour, you know, it's nearly ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. It's brain dead stuff. So why not go to bed and get up that you know that early, that bit mm. earlier. It sees the morning. Is that a program that you found or have you put that together yourself over a period of time? The journaling or the No, no, no. Well, Just even of... your routine. Are you saying that, yep. Burn, like your routine with your deep breathing and your positive affirmations, then your journaling? Because people Did are you... always looking for help to do that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And if I don't read it in a book, then it probably doesn't exist. Or if I'd so-and-so that's, you know, if it's not a movie star that's put this program out for the, you know, the fitness program, then yep. it's no good or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Did you work on that to get it right yourself from different sources or did you peg it out of a book? No, no. Bits and pieces from everywhere. Absolutely. Mm. What what I think people, they're looking for the instant solution. Like you go on the YouTube and, uh, and you'll see, do this for 28 days and you'll never feel better. That's crap. Mm. What it is is repetition and you've got to be disciplined to do it. And, you, and everyone everyone's on their own journey. So they'll find what works for them. I've sort of collated what's working for me. So like I'm, I'm combining the discipline of getting up early, doing my deep breathing and part of the meditation. And then there's also exercise in there. So after I finish my journaling, I might do an hour or so of work, doing emails and like pretty busy at work. Uh, then I'll do some form of exercise. So what I'll do, um, I'll either go for a run and, and then I'll jump in the river. Like, so for the last two years, I have jumped in the river up and like this year was hard because of the floods and the river was dirty but as much as possible I get in in the cold water so you were talking before burn about the motorcycles when they put their helmet on everything else goes away you got to concentrate on what you're doing you sit in cold water all right and try and think about your problems <laughs> it's very hard to do what you got to do, like you're you're concentrating on how cold you are yep. like the first thing the body wants to do is contract and start mm-hmm. shivering. Mm. So what, what you got to do is concentrate on your breathing, get your deep breaths in, relax your body, and the water is actually a calming effect. And I only, I stay in anywhere between two and three minutes, and then, then I'll, I'll get out and I do a, a sort of a movement that Wim Hof s- suggests to do, and you can, you can actually warm your own body. You get out, I think the oven's river would be five or six degrees in winter. So the coldest I've been in outside temperature is minus four. So minus four, I strip down to my jocks and I'll jump in the oven's river and sit in it for two or three minutes. After you get out, the amazing feeling of that, it is unbelievable. When I get home, I'm, I'm like, I'm on fire. Like, well, Nat, I'm going to give it a go. Oh, I've, <laughs> look, I've, I've got a couple other guys in Myrtleford that are trying it out. Um, I know there's other people out there that have tried it, but it's just, it works for me. Other mm. people might say, absolutely, I'm not getting in the mm. cold water. Well, I was about to say, not everyone's got a river going past there. No. Not everyone's going to run to the river, strip down to their jocks and jump in the river. But, but are there alternatives? Yes. Oh, that's what <laughs> we're going to get. Is, is not your shower yes. on cold going to do something similar? Yes. And that's, that's the other way you can do it. What I've done the last, well, since September, I only have a cold shower. Because the like the temperature's warming up outside, so the effect of getting into the cold river is not as great as, and I, I have no fear of getting in the river. I, I actually look forward to it. And that's the other thing. Not not everyone's confident getting into a into a waterway of some yeah. description. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. So what what you could do is try the cold shower. 
or start with a hot shower and finish with a cold shower for the last 10, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever, and just build up day by day by day. Having done that, it does invigorate you. Oh, it is it's, amazing. It is bird. amazing. Yeah. You get out, because I'm, a, I'm a, a long shower person. I love standing under the hot water. But when I do that, I drift off. My head drifts off into different things that I'm thinking about. You turn the water on to cold, and, and I have done this, and it doesn't. You are focused. You are on the game when you step out of that shower. You're in the moment. Totally. Yeah. There's yeah. a good thing. In the precious present. Yes. Yeah. One of my favourite sayings. <laughs> yeah, so if people want to just jump on Google and just yeah. Google Wim Hof method, there's plenty out there. Like they've got their own website. So it's, you know, if anyone's out there that is looking, looking for something, looking for yeah. something to try it out, yeah. it might not work. But yeah. unless, unless you try it, you don't know. Well, I think no. that's a cracking um, example of. Not everyone knows what to do. Where do they start? What do they do? How do we get this moving? How do I feel better? How do I make myself? If you're going to get that 28-day program off YouTube or wherever it might be, as soon as you finish and you're on day 29, what then? Mm. There's yeah. nothing for you. Yeah. But if you've, you've been able to develop a program, and it's not bad to get a hold of one of those to start with, yep. to give you a starting point. Yep. But if you can then do some research like you've done and look outside the box a little bit and find something that's going to work for yourself more than anybody, you know, just personally, then you're more likely to continue doing that over a longer, longer period of time. Yeah. I, and one of the things I do, like with the journaling, I've, I've, so since 2017, I decided to journal. And today was day number 958. So I'm closing in on a, th- a thousand days that I've done journaling. And it's not the number that, that matters. It's just the repetition that I've done. And, and I know how I feel when I do it. So, um, if you know, again, if I could say anything to the listeners would be uh, to find what works for you and just do it repetitively. Get that get that consistency. In and if anxiety is the thing that gets in under your skin, structure and repetition helps to alleviate that, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, we're not medical professionals, but having practiced that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I can, like I said before, I can only say what works for me. And I know if I start to feel a little bit anxious about something, you do deep breathing for a, for a minute or so, and you'll, you'll calm yourself down. Mm. It's a funny thing. A lot of us wear Apple watches and a program that comes automatically with an Apple watch is every now and again, it tells you to breathe. Yeah, yep. most of us look at it and go, okay, stuffed, I don't have time for that. Yep. I'm moving right along. We, yeah, we all we all breathe shallow. And that's just something that's subconscious. Like we just we take little deep uh, little breaths. If you do a conservative 10, 15, 20 minutes of deep breathing, you'll put yourself into a different state, I'll guarantee you. Mm-hmm. That's personal experience for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, oh, it's certainly proven. You you're you're right there. And if anything, again, I know I probably sound like a broken record. But there's a couple of really great tips that we can do every day and, and either in conjunction with physical activity, it's not hard. You've gone from bed to couch. Yeah, that's right. I'm still lying down. That's right. I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that better than yeah. running to the Ovens River. <laughs> well, not everyone's, not everyone's a born athlete. No, not not everyone has the history of athletics yeah. no. of any sort of athleticism or sport. And I think too, Bernard, it's important to touch on something else, Scott, begun with and that's you know there is a lot out there and starting somewhere it's a journey it's it's again you know we remind everyone we're not medical practitioners but I truly don't think there is an easy fix it it, it is it's a journey we have to go through but it doesn't mean that every day is a bad day until you get to a great point 
Would you agree with that? 100%. Because I think that's what overwhelms people because yeah. they go, I'm, I'm done. I, I, I can't. I can't, I can't see, see a way out. I can't see the light. For me, it was just, like I think I mentioned before, it's just a repetition of stacking good stuff on top of each other. Right? So it doesn't matter what it is. Like you've got you to do what you enjoy. So one of the things I love doing is just sitting out on my back deck, uh, listening to music or, or cooking the barbecue or something like that. Like, so if that's what makes you feel good, you've got to do it. Right, so it does take effort to to be able to do it, but you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, and mm. um, yeah, you need you got to do something. So it's you have to. And I know it's hard because I've been there, and you don't feel like doing it, but you just got to start to slowly see the positives, see the light, and then just keep stacking it on top of each other. Whatever it is that works for you. That's right. right? And That's take time for yourself. I, I, is, is that big thing that you picked up on before? Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're professional people in what we do, um, and we're constantly being, but not barrage, but people are at you all the time. Everybody wants something, want, yep. want, 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 and our job is to give them something as yes. a direct result of that. If you don't, and that's work and family and mm. friends and, and everybody sometimes, mm. and your phone is forever going off its head yep. with pom- people wanting to contact you for whatever reason, if you... In your what you're practicing is stepping aside and giving yourself a bit of love, actually saying, I need to make time for myself. And that's not selfish. That's not taking away from anybody else. Because if you're a better version of yourself as you walk away from that, then that's better for everybody else afterwards. Yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. Give well, time. It, there's an element of selflessness there. You, you, you're a better father. You're a better husband. You're a better work colleague. That's, that's a exactly huge right. flow on effect. Have yeah. you always done this or has it been a catalyst since your dad died? Uh, probably more so it's stuff that I've just learnt or um, taught myself along the way. Like, so I wasn't, I wasn't doing as much as I am now. But it, like, it's, it's a journey, I suppose. Sometimes so, you need a catalyst to... To, mm. to find a reason. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I kind of sort of asked that question more over to say, you know, as a dad, you're, the positive influences that you're having on your family, um, do you reckon, you know, how, how would you have gone about, I suppose, instilling a mental wellness into the into your kids? Um, Is that by example? Yeah, I think or so. Do you, yeah. Or do you physically go and teach them, you've got to go and do this? No, I think everyone, like I said before, everyone's on their own journey. I think example is the best way to lead. Like, so if people can see you doing what you're doing and it's seeing the effect that it's having on you, then they can, like, they'll learn from that. Mm. So to be the best example of what you want, like, your kids and that to do. That's that's what I feel. Well, it's proof to them, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, I do see Dad doing that, and shit, he's, he's in a lot better place than what he was last year or, or whenever it is. So, yeah, yeah I agree. Examples are huge. And it goes further than learn. family, I think, because oh. I, I absolutely believe in what you've just said. Live by example. Yeah. Um, and teach by example. And when in times when I've felt down and that spark was going away, you sometimes you don't think – and I have family, and I have a reason – to, to be around. But if you don't, if you're a sole person in your life and you've, you know, you don't have that family support or you don't have a big friends group and you can think to yourself, there's really not much reason. I'm not entirely sure why I'm keeping on going and doing all this sort of stuff. If we can teach people that the very reason to be alive is to influence somebody else positively, then that in itself is the one reason. Yep. 
that you should be taking the next breath yes. and go on the next step and being yep. the best version of yourself that you can be to influence somebody else who's feeling the way that you were yesterday. Yep. And you can be a better version of everybody. Yep. Mm. Uh, well said. Yeah, well said. But I mean, as a, you know, you, you, you go through hard times and you, and you go back and you think to yourself, what was it? What was that one thing that I can teach somebody else? Do you pick up on any one particular thing? No, I mean, you've got your deep breathing and you've got all the other things that you're talking about, and that, which are awesome. Um, but is there one particular catalyst that you'd go, I want to put that on a billboard? I want to tell the world that this will help. Probably, probably the motto that I sort of live by now is give time to yourself for yourself. All right. So you're the most important person. Like you said before, Bernie, like you've got to be the best version of you to be able to help someone else. Um, so give yourself the time, the luxury of spending a bit of time with yourself. Like I, I like spending my own time. Like I like that little bit away from everyone else. Yeah. So th- that'd be it, I suppose, to, to give time to yourself. Cool. We'll make up a billboard. Absolutely. Scott, we always end off with a bit of lightheartedness. Um, I know what's coming. Yeah, you've had the luxury of uh, hearing a few of our episodes. So it's a bit cheating, but we've changed them up this week. No, 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 we haven't, we haven't. Um, Scott, whiskey or rum? If I was to do it, I'd have to go whiskey. Text or call? Call. Giving or receiving? giving (laughs) facebook or instagram i haven't got instagram so it'll be facebook yeah high school or adult life uh high school was great okay scrunch or fold no scruncher Scruncher. No time for folding. <laughs> no. Busy, busy. Yeah, Scott, um, again, Bernie and I want to thank you. It takes a lot of courage, um, and I know it's taken you a lot of courage to get here today and spread the word. It's people like you that do make a difference, not just to the the, the local community, to the broader community. So high five to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I applaud you 110%, mate. Thanks, Bernie. No, it's been great. Look. Like I said at the start, I I have never shared what I do in in depth mm-hmm. like I have today. So if someone, one of the listeners, can grab something out of that, it's been well worth it. And look, you actually feel better after you talk about it. So, oh, too yeah. right. We walk out of our recordings and we're beaming. Yeah. Sometimes you walk in like Bernie did this morning. He's flat because he's been flat out doing stuff out of work. Yep. Um, but we finish and we're buzzing, aren't we, Bern? Yeah. Infectious people, yes, spread a smile, and and you're an infectious person, mate. I I applaud you. You've done very well. No worries. Thanks, guys, and you're doing a great job. Cheers. Cheers.